Welcome to the C12 Podcast. C12 is a college and young adult ministry where 20-somethings at 12 Stone Church gather on Thursday nights. We hope you are encouraged and guided by today's message. All right, what's up, C12? We doing good tonight? You guys doing good? Man, favorite uh, favorite fall activity. What are the, what, what, shout it out. What, what is pumpkin patch? Uh, college football. Yeah, there we go. You, every time we say college football, I'm waiting, waiting for the dogs fans to go nuts. Uh, yeah. Thank, Friendsgiving or Thanksgiving. Deer hunting. Yeah, there we go. How many, how many are like, dude, I, I can't wait for the, the pumpkin spice lattes to be back. Yeah, I'm the only guy waving my hand. Awesome. Super awkward. Okay, cool. Uh, man, but you got to love the fall fits. Come on, man. You can't like rocking rockin the, the, the Timberlands, the nice fall outfit, the beanie, the... Are Timberlands out of style? Are those out of, those are, those are gone. Those are, are those still a thing? No, I got, I got a hard no in the back. Okay, sweet. I'm going to give those to Plato's. Not going to keep them. Um, but hey, we are uh, super excited for uh, tonight. Uh, happy Thursday. It literally is the best night of the week. Uh, we always say welcome home. We're so glad that you uh, are here with us. And uh, like Justin said, if it is your first time, uh, that is just a, kind of our posture of who we are. We always say welcome home. We want you to get you connected, which is why we throw up the QR codes, why we do those things. It's why we do that outside. Uh, we, we're not here to kind of pound you with a bunch of texts. I know we're kind of in that season. How many got like a, a bunch of political texts over the last uh, uh, two weeks? You're like, I got eight in the last two days. It was like a paragraph. It's like, my name is Marvin Johnson and I stand for, I'm like, what? Um, and I have to reply, stop to all of them. Uh, we're not here to, to, to give you and just pound you with text. We just really want to help you get uh, more engaged and, and connected. Uh, but if you're new, uh, a little bit about us, that, hey, we just love to go after and worship, don't we? Like, we just love to really step in the presence of God. This is why we do the worship and community night. Uh, we're going to do that at the end of the month. Uh, and even inside of teaching, we love to have fun. So it's going to be responsive and engaged, interactive. If you've been around C12, you know that you're, hey, I love to, I love to talk back. Uh, if you're new with us, this is what we do. So if you're new here tonight, and you're like, man, this is more responsive. This is not a movie theater. How many of you have been to a movie theater and someone talks and you're like, dude, just, man, stop talking. Like, I want to... How many of you guys are that person that talks in the movie? Let's come on. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> but hey, this, this, this is inside of a teaching. So we love to have fun. This can be, this can be responsive. Uh, y'all cool with that? Y'all can engage with it, right? Y'all ready to be responsive? Yeah, there we go. We love it. So tonight we're jumping into, we're in our second uh, to last week uh, of the series called Church on Fire. We're going over the uh, book of Acts and we're going to kind of unpack a little bit of what does it mean to be a ministry that is sold out for the gospel? What does it mean to be a ministry that is sold out to the church of how God designed it? And so I wanted to tee off tonight with a question. Uh, How many of you felt like you just, you weren't good enough? Like you you weren't, you weren't good enough for something. And I'm not talking like deep seated stuff. We'll get there in a second. I'm talking like, you know, even just like sports. How many of you guys thought like, man, you were never good at sports growing up? You go ahead and you're like, dude, they were not my thing. I just, I'm not coordinated. I can't, I don't know how to throw a football. Uh, y'all remember the pacer test in high school? Did y'all have to do that? Oh yeah, PTSD. We just brought that back. Oh, remember the, the, the beep and you had to run back and forth? Oh, uh, how many of you are like, you're, you're not good at dancing. Dancing's not your thing. You're like, man, you show up and you're like, you're just, you're, you're awkward. You're just, it's cringy. You know, you go to the, the, the wedding and you're waiting for like, who's the, who's the one that's going to break the ice a little bit? And then you're always like, ah, oh, it's just some white dad that shows up. And, you know, all of a sudden now we got to break the ice. How many of you like, you weren't good at school? School was just not your thing. You're like, you had to work extra hard. You're like, yep, I had to, I had to work a whole lot harder at this. Not my, not my thing. 
How many of you singing, singing? How many of you guys are just like, you'd admit you're like not good at singing. I can sing phenomenal. I sound like Ed Sheeran in the shower, but I would kill somebody with my voice out in public. Like it's not the same. How many say you're not good at singing? Like you're just singing's not your thing. It's, <laughs> hey, Bible says make a joyful noise. So you do whatever you want. Uh, how many of you guys are not good at driving? If you're just admit, you're not good at it. You're like, uh, we got a lot of finger pointing in the house. We got... We didn't even raise our hands for that one. We just looked sideways. We're like, yeah, you heard that one? <laughs> you heard him say that one? <laughs> like you just admit, hey, you, like you text and drive, you don't pay attention. I wanna know uh, the amount of uh, tickets that we've had in this room. Uh, if, you, if you've had over three tickets, raise your hand. Over, over, over four tickets, over five. <laughs> you had four in one year. Wow, what is, what's, what, how much, how, what's the highest amount of tickets? You, seven in total. Wow, okay. All right, a GoFundMe after service. We're still, we're still trying to replenish it. Uh, how many of you guys are like, you're not good at cooking. Cooking's not your thing. You're like, you'd admit, you eat like a five-year-old child. You're like, <laughs> we got the two married guys up front. They're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dino nuggets and mac and cheese, let's go. <laughs> You're like, man, healthy food sucks, can't do it. How many like planning and organizing? Planning and organizing is not your thing. You're like, can't do calendars. Can't. You're like, I, I can't do it. You say yes to stuff. And then you've been in the moment, let's just have an honesty hour. Can we have an honesty hour for a second? We've all at one point done this. You forget to plan it and then the day of it comes and you're like, oh crap, so sorry, I'm so busy, oops. Uh, and you're like, oh, I just totally forgot, but really we just forgot to plan and maybe we're not uh, uh, good at planning. How many like, you're just not, you're like, you just, I hate cleaning. You're not good at cleaning. I'm not, I'm not good enough when it comes to that. You're like, I, I can't do it, I hate it. You got clothes all over the floor, those tasks you're not good at. You never feel like life just gives you enough space. <laughs> See, these are, these are the things that you can like, oh, we can kind of like poke fun uh, at each other at. Like, oh man, I know, I know that I'm not good enough at that. I know that I'm not a good dancer. I know that I'm not, I'm not good at this. And then there's the things in, in life that you just feel like, man, you're not good enough at, but it's the things that you're like, ah, oh, we can laugh about this, but it, it, I'm, I kind of get insecure about this. Like, it's the things that you're like, oh, yeah, that's funny to, to, to kind of poke around at. But then when there's other things in life, like, I just don't feel like I'm good enough. And then you start to get a little insecure about the things that are more maybe deeply rooted. Maybe it's you just don't feel like you're good enough at your job. You ever have those days you just don't feel like you're good enough at your job? You don't feel like you're, you're, you're the right person. You don't feel like you're, you're good enough at what you do. That somebody could lead it better than you. Someone could teach it better than you. Someone could perform better than you. Someone could make sales better than you. Someone could do your job better than you. And then you feel insecure because like, I'm, I'm not good enough at what I do. Maybe, maybe for you, it's not in job, but it's inside dating. Maybe just holistically, you're just like, I just don't feel like I'm good enough. I, I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't feel like I'm, I'm worthy to be loved. Every, you're always just around other people that, that are maybe engaged or married. You're the only one that remains single. And therefore, you just feel like you're not good enough. You feel like singleness is your problem. And you feel like that where you're at in life, you just feel like I'm, I'm not good enough and no one's ever going to, to love me. Maybe you just don't feel like you're good enough inside your marriage and you feel like you're always dropping the ball. You're like, I'm always the one that's causing fights. I'm always the one that's causing arguments. I'm, I'm never feel like I'm the good husband or the good wife. I'm constantly the burden inside the marriage. Maybe it's constantly fighting. I'm the driving factor. 
How many of you just feel like you're never good at life? <laughs> if we just sum it up that way, you're like, I mean, I just, man, sometimes I'm like, gosh, like I just, I feel like I suck at, at just life in general. Like you're always the one who, who has the bad rep. You always get the flat tire. You're always the one that, man, just the bad juju's on you. Like it always just feels like you're like that person. You're like, why does everything bad happen to me? Why is the rain cloud always above me? What, why, why can it be somebody else? I just feel like I'm, I'm not good enough at, at even life. And, and we, we ask this question all the time. We just feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't feel like I'm good enough at, at, at just life in general. I don't feel like I'm good enough at maybe the things that God has called me to do. I don't feel like I'm good enough at who maybe God has made me to be. I don't feel like I can live up to those expectations. And when you start to feel like you're not good enough, you always start to question whether you're qualified or not. You always question, if I, if I don't feel like I'm good enough, then something must be wrong. I'm not qualified to do it then. I'm not qualified to step into this stage of life. I'm not qualified to do this job. And tonight we're going to kind of answer the question, how do I step into my calling when I don't feel qualified? How do I step into what God has called me to do when I don't feel qualified? When I don't feel like I have what it takes. See, there's moments in our life when we don't feel qualified. We don't feel good enough, smart enough. We don't feel like we can do the job, do the task. And as young adults, we always question our purpose. Is this what I'm supposed to do? Like, God, are you sure? You ever ask that to the guy? You're like, God, are you sure? Like, am I like, am I the person? Like, you wanted to pick me? Like, I'm, I'm the one for this. Like, I'm the one for this trip. I'm the one for this, for this job. And we have these moments where we're like, God, are, are, are you sure? You're sure that you want to pick me? Like, I'm, I'm really not that smart. I don't know if I have what it takes. And I want to sit inside the, the book of Acts. Like I said, it's our second to last week. And I want to look at the story of, of, of a man named Philip, who God really called him to be known as Philip the Evangelist. And if you got your Bible, I want you to go ahead and pull it out and turn to, to, to chapter 6. And we're going to unpack a little bit of, of who Philip is. Then we're going to take a, a time to sit inside Acts chapter 8, where you get to see, hey, what did, what did Philip really get to do? And so Acts 6, this is verse 1, it says, In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained to the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So again, overcoming last week, when we got to unpack, you see the church really beginning to grow and birth out of, and now there's a lot of people that are starting to follow Jesus. There's a lot of people that they're starting to now make an impact on and trying to reach. And so there's people that they're trying to love and care for. It says, so the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. So brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give, give our attention to prayer and the ministry of their word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, man full of faith and full of the spirit. Also Philip. <laughs> Don't you feel like it's like a little like added on, like a little discouraging? You're like, oh, Stephen, full of the spirit and full of wisdom. And oh, there's also Philip, this guy. <laughs> there's, just, there's just this dude over here. So what, what's really going on inside? Okay, you see Philip is now this man that, that gets chosen to be among the seven to now, hey, we need help in actually what it means to go make an impact. We need help in what it means to love and care and serve for people. And so the church is blowing up. It's growing. God's doing amazing things. And so what they're doing is they're raising more people to be a part of the church. If you want to know how the church is designed, it's something that you get to be a part of, not something that you take from. 
The church is a place where it's a body, it's people, it's a living organization where it's not people are a part of the church. Therefore, you are a part of the church. So when you're sitting and waiting back and saying, well, is, what is God going to do? Maybe God's not waiting on, on the fact of himself. He's waiting on a church that is ready and able to step up to serve and make an impact where it's needed. And so they raise up people to be a part of it. And Philip, he's just this man who's just known to, he just believed and followed Jesus. Like I said, in Acts 21, he's known later as, and identified as Philip the Evangelist. See, previously, he didn't really hold a lot of other weight and authority. He didn't have a lot of this big, big macho man position. It wasn't some hierarchy, and he's like way at the top of the food chain. He, he's just somebody who just really deeply believed in the gospel. He's just a man who is a part of the church. He's just a person who is a part of the church, but he deeply believed in what God did and what God was doing. And he deeply understood the great commission. He understood what God was asking of him. He understood what God was calling him to do. He understood the assignment. And you see, there's no gap between the call to follow Jesus and the call to engage in the Great Commission. There's no gap between the call to follow Jesus and the call to engage in the Great Commission. Maybe you've been around C12 and you've just been wondering, okay, when we get into the aspect of calling, what do we really mean? We've taught this a couple times before. We talk about the universal calling, and then we talk about the unique calling. The universal calling is what God has really given everybody. The universal calling is what it means to go into all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The universal calling is to love God, love people. It's the universal calling that God gives every follower of Jesus. And then you boil it down to, okay, what's the uniqueness of it? I have a unique calling, so what does that look like for me? There's a unique calling of how that plays out when you go to school. There's the unique calling that plays out when you are a young professional inside of your job. It's a, it, it, it is now a unique calling that is put on your life. And oftentimes we get so frustrated and insecure and angry because God hasn't given us our unique calling. And maybe it's because we're not deep enough to understand the universal calling that he's already given everybody. Maybe for you to actually find out the unique calling of your life, it's better suited that you grasp a hold of the universal one. The one that he's given everybody. Maybe the areas where you're like, God is not doing anything in my life. He's not speaking to me. I don't know what the unique calling is. My question always back is, well, where are you serving? Because your calling is serving, amen? Your calling is about serving other people. And when you're calling, maybe to you, maybe it feels like it's not about serving, then something is off. And therefore, why would God speak to you and give you more when we're called to be obedient with the universal calling that he's already given everybody? Let's move on. Because here's the underlying thought. Before I dive into all of this, it's going to be a little bit of an oxymoron. You're like, this doesn't make any sense. But just because you're called doesn't mean you're qualified. Just because you're called doesn't mean you're qualified. And you're like, well, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. I thought we were answering the question of, of you know, how do, you, how do I know that I'm called when I, when I don't feel like I'm qualified? When, it, when I'm talking about you don't feel like you're qualified, you, you feel like there, there, there's capabilities inside of you that you feel like that make you inadequate. Maybe you feel like, oh, I'm too young. Or, I don't know enough about the Bible. Or I feel too uh, insignificant for how God would use me. I feel too small. I don't feel like I can actually make an impact inside somebody else's life. Maybe it feels like, hey, you know what? I, I'm not big enough or great enough to actually do those things. That's what I'm talking about. When you feel like you're not qualified. But there are things that maybe just because you're called doesn't mean that you're qualified. There could be things that disqualify you. Let me just unpack a few. I can't go into everything, but maybe there's some that apply 
maybe even for us as young adults, things that disqualify you be impurity or sexual sin, bitterness, unforgiveness, lying, maybe it's lack of self-control. No, there, maybe just, there's no element of zeal. There's no spiritual grit to, to keep going and to keep moving forward. Maybe it's pride. See, just because you're called doesn't mean you're, you're qualified. Qualifications mean, you know what, I want to walk in holiness because that's how God's designed it. Qualifications of, you know what, I want to walk in obedience because that's what God asks of me. Qualifications of, you know what, whatever opportunity God puts in front of me, I'm going to say yes to. Qualifications of, like, you know what, I can't do it on my own. I need more of God's presence, and therefore I'm going to be deeply rooted in prayer, and I'm going to ask more of God's presence. Just because you're called doesn't mean you're qualified. Just because you qualified yesterday doesn't mean you're qualified today. Just because you're, you're qualified today doesn't mean that you're qualified tomorrow. Every follower of Jesus must seek to qualify and requalify themselves for the calling that God has put on their life. It's to be faithful with what God's given you. It's to be a steward of what God's given you. Maybe you're a college student in the room and you're like, dude, I just, I have big dreams and adorations and right now I'm just doing all these stupid, dumb classes and hey, maybe in this season, God would not want to show you bigger and better, but God would want you to show you the element of faithfulness and stewardness. Maybe as a young professional, you're questioning, hey, what, what is my, is this what I'm called to do? I start stepping into this job. Is this what, is this really where I need to be? Hey, you know what? Maybe in this season, you're just choosing to trust God no matter what you see. When it feels like it's a black wall, I'm going to choose to trust God and know that he has better plans. It's in every season that you have to qualify and requalify yourself. It takes discipline and humility. And humility lets you see it. So here's the question. Is there anything right now that disqualify me as a follower of Jesus? Areas of my life where there's disobedience. Areas of my life where there's hidden sin. Areas of my life where I'm choosing to say no. Areas of my life where I'm, I'm just choosing to, you know what, push God away. Areas of my life where I'm not drawing near. And then tomorrow you ask yourself the same question. Because following Jesus just has a high calling, doesn't it? Following Jesus has a high calling. It demands a high moral character. We don't live like the rest of the world. As followers of Jesus, even how Paul said, we, we, we are kind of like a sore thumb. We're an alien of this world, meaning that we don't follow like the rest of the world lives their life. We, we don't adapt to the same things and the same decisions and the same values, but we abide to a kingdom culture with kingdom values. And therefore, with the way we live, our life is just different. And that means that we walk in holiness, and therefore, our character must be shaped by the personhood of Jesus. But I love how John Maxwell says it. He says, your success stops when your character stops. Your success stops when your character stops. Then goes on to say, you want the big assignment, but you don't want the character to carry it. Woof. Maybe the calling God's put on your life is really, really high, and you know it. It's big, and it's audacious, and it's high, and it's like, I, I can't do it on my own. And high calling can always get dragged, dragged down by low character. And if you don't take care of your character, it will damage your calling. So how do I step into my calling when I don't feel like I'm qualified? I'm answering that aspect of it, and I want to dig deep into the areas where you don't feel like you're qualified when it comes to insecurities and, and, and feelings where you're like, I don't feel like I'm good enough for it. Let me go over the first one. It's got two. I just want to ingrain them, and it's already 840. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to sit inside these longs, but I, I, but I do want to take some time just to unpack these two. 
And maybe these two could just be really deeply transformed uh, in you. First one, don't give up when the odds are against you. When you don't feel like you're qualified, don't, don't give up when you feel like the odds are against you. Don't give up when you feel like, man, I, I'm, I'm not suited for this. How many of you have ever had, you had feelings where you're like, I'm not good enough. Like, I, I don't legitimately know how I can do this. You don't feel like you're qualified to do. Everyone's hands should be raised. At some point in time, you've had the insecurity in you where you don't feel like I'm, I'm able to do the thing that God's called me to do. I love how it says in, in Acts 8, this is now Philip pretty much now starting. This is after Stephen had gotten stoned and, and he had died. And they're really now beginning to like really go be the church and launch this movement. And they're facing all this persecution. And in Acts 8, it says, On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Like, Philip's not starting out super hot. Like, dude, this is the beginning of him. Like, I'm actually now trying to step in to see, like, how can God use me? Everybody in a spot where like, dude, this is not the way I thought it was going to turn out. Like, this is not the way it started, how I thought it was going to start. This is not the way that I wanted it to look. And it goes on in verse 4. It says, those who have been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. He kept on proclaiming the good news despite the pressure and despite the persecution. Philip didn't give up even when the odds were against him. He never gave up when it felt like the weight of everything around him was saying no. Literally saw going from house to house wanting to arrest people and Philip still presses on. And when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. See, it would have been easy for Philip to check out. It would have been easy for Philip to be like, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Like, this is way too hard for me. I, 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 can't, I can't absorb the pressure. I, can't, I, I, I really can't handle the weight. I can't handle uh, all these issues that are around me. And how many of you have been in a season where you used to, you used to feel like, you, I didn't ask for this? <laughs> You've been in that season like, I didn't, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for these, you know, kids to just absolutely be off the walls when I'm trying to teach. You teachers know what I'm talking about. You're like, yeah, like these kids are like, you know, buck wild. How, how many of you, you've been in a spot where you just don't feel like, man, th this is not the way that I thought it was going to go. I don't want to have all these issues at work. I don't want to have all these, all these problems with my boss. I don't want to have all these problems with school. I didn't want to have such a difficult person to be under. I don't want to be in such a difficult program and, and, and you always ask for the calling but you never ask for the problems <laughs> you always want the calling that God has for you but you never want the problems that come with it and it's usually the higher the calling the higher the problems <laughs> and maybe in the season where you feel like, I know it's a high call and you come back to the fact that God has called you no matter how big the problem is let, let me just be honest for a second a year ago, I came to uh, uh, be uh, the C12 pastor. I'm coming up on like a year anniversary, if, I, if that's even something to celebrate, uh, of uh, being inside C12. Uh, and when I first started, I was like, oh, like so overly excited. And at the same time, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> uh, and, and if I could just let you in on, on the journey of my heart in that season, it was the feeling the weight of, of not just of, of, of a ministry, but feeling the weight of and the burden of like, hey, what, what could God do in this ministry? How could God really begin to use C12? But what does that look like through all of Gwinnett County? And I remember being so excited and I said, hey, man, do you want to step into this job? And I said, oh, of course I would. And then all of a sudden, all the little insecurity started to come up. Hey, you're, you're not good enough for this. You, you're only 
26 at the time. You're not married. You don't have kids. What experience do you bring? What, what, what value can you add? All the little things inside of my heart just questioning, am I suited for this? Am I good enough for this? Oh, can I even lead people? There was the insecurities. Let's just be honest. We all have insecurities, don't we? You all have insecurities. If you're not honest about your insecurities, they tend to really grow because you're ignoring the problem that grows with inside your heart, which is the thing that you feel like actually takes you out because it's the thing that feels like it disqualifies you. And when you don't take time to actually start focusing on who Jesus is, and you st- it's your job to shrink those insecurities, the insecurities slowly begin to pull you away from the thing that God's called you because you start believing the lie that the enemy wants to tell you. That you're not good enough. And I had to come back to almost daily, daily, this is what God's called me to do. This is what God's asked me to do. I distinctly remember hearing the Lord say again and again and again, you were made for this. You were made for this. I don't know who that's for. Maybe God just has to remind you tonight, hey, you were made for this job. You were made for this season. You were made to be in the spot where God has you. You were made to be a teacher. You were made to be in the copy shop. You were made to be going through the law school. You were made to be in the medical field. You were made You were made for this time because when all the things of life start to come back to the fact of like, hey, I'm not good enough. I'm not old enough. I don't have experience. You have to come back to the fact that, hey, when God calls you and when he calls you, hey, that's enough. You don't need any other validation of the fact that, you know what, God's so deeply rooted in my soul and it becomes an anchor. You have to let the voice of God become an anchor to drown out all the insecurities that want to weigh you down. And when you don't allow his voice to be an anchor, you start casting other anchors that are really insecurities. I didn't put that in there, but let's, let's come back to this. You have to come back to qualify and requalify yourself again and again. The second thing, be attentive to God's leading. You have to be attentive to God's leading. You might be sitting in here and you're like, man, what, what, what am I trying to take out of this tonight? How, how, how can I step into my calling? I don't feel like I'm qualified. Be attentive to God's leading. What is God doing in you? It goes on again in the story of Philip. And Acts is now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Let's just pause there. See, this was a, a nasty little out of the way town. How many have been like these deserted towns in the middle of nowhere? And uh, in, in, in you're like, it's got like one gas station. Don't know if it works. Don't know if there's gas there. Uh, you know, and it's like a little sketchy little town. And and uh, it's always like the, it's, it's just, you get set up. It's always a little small town that you feel like you can speed in and you just want to zoom by. And all of a sudden there's nine cop cars. And I'm like, there's only 10 people here. Like how many people do we need uh, to, that's just maybe a personal problem. But uh, maybe maybe for you, like, you just picture like this kind of like ugly, icky little town. And you're like, it's just deserted. And, and it's just kind of this out of the way place. So you just kind of this out of the way comfort zone. It was very inconvenient to get there. In fact, he had to walk 165 miles, 165 miles. And he could have complained about, oh, it's inconvenient. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to do this. And in verse 27, it continues on. It says, so he started out 
And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candig, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in the chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, again, he's making himself available. I want to be attentive to how God can lead me and how God can use me. It says, go to the chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. He says, how can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And this is the passage of scripture that eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shear is silent. So he did not open his mouth. It goes on. He's just reading this passage inside Isaiah. And verse 34, it says, eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip, with that very passage of scripture, and told him about the good news of Jesus. He's, t- he's unpacking, hey, here's who Jesus is. Here's what he came to do. And in that moment, he ended up giving his life to Jesus and ended up getting baptized. And I love how the ending says, says, what can stand in the way of me being baptized? What can stand in the way? See, Philip opened himself up to be available to God's leading, that it led to somebody else's salvation. And maybe just for you. You have to be available and attentive to how God wants to use you. Maybe for you, you're like, I just wish I was more like other people who would actually have these kind of quote-unquote God stories. I wish that I could I could be like the person who always is blessing someone out in public or who always has this kind of encounter at church or always has this word from God to pray over somebody else or always has this encouragement for a middle school or a high school student. I want to be that person. And in order to be that person, you have to make yourself available. You have to make yourself available to how God wants to use you, to follow his leading. You have to be available to how God wants to use you and to be available to his leading. And maybe for some of you, this means starting to take a step through serving. You're like, man, God's been putting on my heart the whole time. It's been on me. I feel like God's just been tugging on my heart. I really want to start making an impact. I want to start serving on my campus. I want to start serving inside the next gen. Hey, I want to tell you, hey, next week, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We've been talking about next gen and global trips. How many of you guys were here a couple weeks ago? You heard us talking about next generation. Heard us talk about some global trips. Hey, next week, everybody say next week. Next week, we are having two tents out in the lobby. If there's two things that we're focusing on on what it means to make an impact, it's the next generation inside of middle school and high school, and it's global trips in the 2023. Come on, we can get excited about that. Maybe for you, you know that God's been talking on your heart that you need to start making an impact inside the next generation because of how somebody pours into you, you go ahead and you pour into somebody else. And we're going to have a couple of student pastors here next week that just, they love to talk with you. They love to get you connected and what it means to make an impact inside the next generation. And maybe for you, it is God tugging on your heart to go on a mission trip. Listen, we're going to talk about it all next week. I know you're, everyone's asking me, hey, when are we going? When are the dates? What are we doing? I want to sign me up. Put me on the hit list, dude. Like, I'm your guy. Like, I want to go. I know. I know you're excited. <laughs> And we're going to have signups in the lobby. It, it, it's, it's going to be an interest for two trips, one to Africa and one to Guatemala. And maybe God could just really begin to use your life to make an impact that would forever change your life and how you serve other people. And so next week, everybody say next week. 
Next week, we're having two tents out in the lobby after service. We want to get you connected because we believe there's an invitation that God has for C12 to go make an impact locally inside of our church and globally inside of the world. And maybe God would just want to use you to go serve somebody else. And when we start to serve, what we really are saying is, you know what? I want to get beyond myself. I'm choosing to not be inward, but I want to live outward. And when you want to you be that person that says, hey, I want God to use me in a really powerful way, what you're saying is like, hey, I'm dying to my own selfish inward desires, and I want to start living for others. It's a much more fulfilling and joyful life when you start to put other people's needs ahead of your own. And if you want to be that person that, you know what, I want to have the voice of God in my life. I want to be attentive to what he's doing. You have to make yourself available to God's leading. And so, hey, as we close out tonight, I just want to pray this thought over you. We're going to end uh, inside worship. But I want to pray over you. And maybe in this moment, God would just stir in you the areas where you feel like, you know what? I know that I'm called to something, but I got to wrestle through some of these insecurities that I'm, that I'm walking through. Or I know the thing that God's asked me to do in this moment, but I'm just not saying yes to it. There might be things right now, even as I'm talking, that, hey, God's been stirring something in you, and you just keep pushing it away and away and away because you don't feel like you're qualified and you don't feel like you're good enough. And in this moment, we just want to give ourselves available to the Holy Spirit's leading of what he wants to do in you, of the next step that he wants to do in your life. And so let me pray. God, I thank you for tonight. God, I thank you for not only just C12, but God, even inside this room, God, I pray that maybe the areas, God, where we know, we know what our next step is. God, we, we, we know the areas where we feel like we're we just keep pushing it off. We, we know that we, we, we're wanting to, to take a step and through serving. We're wanting to take a step and through making an impact inside the next generation. We're wanting to, to say yes to a global trip. We, we just keep pushing it away and away. And, 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 and God, we know that you have a calling on our life, but we just come to you with excuses, excuses and reasons as to why we can't. And maybe in this room, the Holy Spirit needs to solidify in you and come back to hearing his voice and saying, you were made for this. You were made for this moment. You were made to make an impact. You were made to make a difference on your campus. You were made to make a difference inside the next generation. You were made to make a difference inside kids. You were made to make a difference on a global scale. You were made to make a difference because he has a calling and a specific purpose for you. And so, God, the areas where we don't feel like we're good enough, God, we just lay that at your feet. We give you our insecurities. We give you the reasons why we keep saying no. And we just, we lay that at your feet right now. pray this in your name. Everybody said, amen. We're going to jump into worship and hey, maybe there's just, you're like, I, I got stuff I, I need prayer over. I got, I have my list of reasons. I have my insecurities. I'm struggling to see like how God can really begin to use me. Hey, we're going to have a prayer team up front and throughout this next song, we, we just love to pray over you. We're a family. Maybe you're like, I, I just got, I got stuff that I like. I, I just need someone to pray over me. And as we head into worship, maybe that's your step is you just coming forward and saying, hey, you know what? There, there are things I just keep saying no to. 
And maybe for you, you just have to have an honesty hour in the room and saying, hey, it's been too long. I need to step in to what God has for me. And I need to see the measurably more that he can do in and through my life. So just stay in this posture of worship. Stay in this posture of prayer. And if you need it, come forward. Let's worship C12. Thank you for listening to the C12 podcast today. To stay connected with C12, make sure to follow us on Instagram at c 12 Stuff. One of the best ways to get connected with others and grow in your relationship with God is jumping into a small group. To sign up for small groups, go to 12stone.com slash small groups and search college. We hope to see you next week.